0: This is the Danger Close Podcast, Beyond the Books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Sig Sauer. My guest today is my friend Eli Crane. Eli is a former SEAL who founded Bottle Breacher. You may have seen him on Shark Tank. It's an op- awesome episode, so check that out if you have not seen that. They started making 50 cal bottle openers. Right here, so go to bottlebreacher.com. Check these out. These particular ones are on the jackcarusa.com website, so you can check these out there. And also, what kitchen is complete without a frag grenade bottle opener? Yep, bam, gotta have one of these. And uh, Eli is just an awesome guy, Sig ambassador, and he is running for Congress from the state of Arizona. And you can go to eli arizona.com to check out so we recorded this back in january of 2020 at the last shot show where we were all there in person so uh enjoy the podcast and now without further ado eli crane uh i'm here with eli crane thank you brother is up dude thank you so much for being here hell yeah and uh of course of bottle breacher fame that's right uh former seal and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. I'm so excited to talk to you. And this is another reason why I love podcasts is because it gives us, uh, it forces us to sit down, to turn off our phones yeah, and to just have a conversation. I Something know. we it's wouldn't pretty, do out there. pretty we're rare nowadays. Ta- exactly. Yeah. If we were passing each other on the floor, because we're at SHOT Show 2020, yeah. and if we were passing each other on the floor, you know, we do a little bro hug and say hi and, you know, ask a couple questions and then right. look at our phone and someone would be texting and then off we would go. Right. But because of this, we get to take a breath and hang out and talk and probably ask each other questions that we wouldn't just in passing or wouldn't over a beer, um, you know, for grabbing a grabbing a drink after the show or whatever else. So love it. Um, dude, I'm fired up to be here with you. I'm fired up, too, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, I guess best place to start would be beginning. Um, why don't we just uh, kick it off a little bit of your your background and uh, take us up through SEAL teams and uh, a little bit of that. Uh, we'll get into that transition.
1: All right, sweet. So uh, for me, I was one of those, uh, one of the uh, young Americans that uh, was do- going about my life. And then 9-11 happened. I was actually a senior at the University of Arizona, okay. st- studying sociology, wow. of all things, nice. uh, because not because I was r- super interested in society and whatnot, but even I do like that. But I've I more so was a sociology major because it was, I was told it was the easiest major to get my degree so that I could go into the military and possibly have a shot at being an officer and a SEAL and all thing. of that at the same time. <laughs> um, and then, so 9-11 happened and then I joined the Navy the next week. Wow! And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I'm, I'm proud of what I did and I'm glad I did it. Look, I, I, I will be introspective and say that, you know, I think uh, I definitely needed more time to mature and that definitely showed up Mm-hmm. Uh, that result, result showed up when I tried to go through SEAL training the first time. Oh, wow. Bud's class 242. Okay. Um, I did not make it through, all the way through training. I actually was a post-Hell Week guy. I made it through our hardest part of training. No way. And then uh, I was, I was uh, dropped from training a week and a half after Hell Week, and I deserved really? it. You know, and I'm glad. Looking back on it now, I'm so glad that they held the standard. Um, they looked at me. They said, young man, you're tough. You're, you're you know, you're, you're strong. Obviously, you made it through Hell Week. Um, but we need the best of the best here, and you're not—you're not measuring up. You failed okay. this, you failed that, and you're ranked in the bottom 25% of your peer evals. And so, wow. um, you know, that was a tough pill for me to swallow. And like a lot of young men and a lot of young women who haven't learned to take accountability yet, I was—I was one of those guys that said, "Oh, well, that wasn't fair. Or they should have rolled me back and given me another shot." But as I as I got away more away from that situation and grew up and got my man bones, I realized, you know what? You you got exactly what you deserved, and had you shown up to training, you know, ready to go, and you know, work work even harder for it, you would probably be a team guy today. And so, for me, I went to a ship, the USS Gettysburg, for two and a half years. Wow, was your yeah. rate? Did you race back? I was then? a gunner's was- mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I like to call it a floating prison, oh but you meet some great dudes in the fleet. There's some phenomenal guys out there, and I really enjoyed that. I grew up. It was a lot of tough love and just it was a rough life it really was um and you know i got an opportunity with that
0: with that two deployments deployments with that ship no kidding
1: yeah and then i got an opportunity to come back um and class up with buds class 256 but to get the opportunity to come back and uh go through training again the navy and their infinite wisdom made me sign up for another four years so i was faced with one of those crucial life decisions like hey I could go back to the hardest military training in the world where my chances still aren't very good. I could get hurt, I could fail something. And if I fail or don't make it, I'm coming right back out to this floating prison, which yep. I hated. So that wow. was one of the most difficult decisions I ever had to make, but I was doing a lot of praying at the time and I was like, you know, Lord, please put it on my heart, whatever you want me to do, because I I do not want to try and do things on my own anymore. If this is what you want me to do, open the door. And uh, he gave me the opportunity and thank God, I went through, uh, right through with Bud's class two, five, six, and got the opportunity to go to SEAL Team 3.
0: No kidding. And you show up as a new guy, so now it's 2000, uh, what, four? So and 2006, six now.
1: and right after, right after uh, SQT, which is SEAL qualification training, um I went immediately to Sear School and then immediately to Iraq and um, I joined Bravo Platoon at SEAL team three in Rourke Denver who was oh, wow. in the you yep. know active valor and wrote his book Damn for You. He was my boss, he was my O. I C and okay. so uh, got to work for work for about three months. That was a really good experience. Um, and then I came right back and me and this guy over here, Nate Rose, we got thrown into uh, Delta Platoon under Chris Kyle. Okay. And so we were Chris's new guys. And there were there were four of us new guys. And Chris, anybody that knew Chris knew he hated new guys. He just he just <laughs> he just felt like it, there was a passage and it yeah. was not going to be easy. And I'm going to make you pay for this and because and, 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 that's what happened to him. Right. right. And, and he was just Henri anyway, but, uh, so me and, you know, me and those new guys, man, we paid the man, you know, we, uh, every, they carried around a green book, um, called the book of woe, Oh yeah, we had a green book book notebook sure. called the book of woe yep. and every infraction, everything that we did wrong was jotted down in the book. Yep. And then we ended up paying for it at kangaroo court
0: yeah. and beyond <laughs> old school. <laughs> right.
1: And it was crazy, man. There were like, there, there were rules like you had to be within. If, even if you were on your off time, you had to be within any bar in San Diego in like 20 minutes, ready to buy drinks, get choked out, yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, anything uh, they needed, you know? So it was an eye-opening experience because I was married at the time. Oh, wow. I was like the only new guy that was married. And so I'm like, babe, I know I'm not here a lot, but now I have to go and get choked out and buy a drink. Trust me. And she's like, that makes sense. She's like, yeah. she's like what? Why would they do that to you? That's right. not even. That's not even nice. I mean, now I can kind of see your perspective. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, I know it's not nice. This is not a nice <laughs> world. And so, um, but anyway, so did we did that deployment? Um, if for those listening, if you watch the movie uh, American Sniper, um, it's the fourth deployment in the movie where we ended up going to some of the some of the platoon ended up going to Solder City, and uh, it was some pretty uh, pretty intense stuff there for a little bit, but. After after leaving Chris Kyle's platoon, um, I went to I stayed in Delta platoon for one more pump, and I went from being one of you know four new guys to we had like eleven new guys, and I was wow. one of the only older guys. So I tried to take the little that I knew and you know give it back to these guys. Um, you have some
0: experience. It's not like the the nineties when you just had a deployment where you went to uh Thailand or something right. like that. you had combat experience right. you're coming back and now you have something you have something to offer right uh, now and, and and you guys did another you did another deployment
1: yeah, I did so I went to Fallujah in two thousand ten for my final deployment and um I was kind of bummed because my main goal in the teams was to become a sniper and I yeah. finally became a sniper, and then in two thousand ten we were no longer allowed to take our guns out really? you know they were basically like we want to de-escalate this situation and then hand it off to the Iraqis. We 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 don't want to. Anytime you throw snipers into a mix, you're not de-escalating anything. Okay. It's you know it's it's going to get a little rowdy. Um, but you know so. But it was cool because on that deployment, I made it. I started. I didn't start making wise decisions until I got older in life. And some would say, Eli, you're still not making wise decisions. But I actually made a pretty wise decision on that deployment. I said, I'm going to re-enlist for four years, even though I know I'm I'm done deploying. Yeah. Like I'm done with this whole thing. I just want to give myself time smart. to prepare for the next step. And so Very I got smart. to go to a couple short shore sure duty commands um i went to the recruiting directorate where we raised awareness around the country because you can't recruit a seal if you have to try and talk a guy into hey you're gonna come here you know oh it's gonna be great you're gonna love it no this that guy's going nowhere he's gonna be ringing out quick we actually try and dissuade him but we tried to raise awareness within a bunch of different communities like water polo communities swimming communities wrestling communities young men that had a tendency to do really well in our training. And so, um, I did that job for a while. It was really cool. I actually, one of my favorite things about that, um, job was that I was afraid to speak in front of people, yeah. like a lot of people. That's like the number one fear in, yeah. the, in the world is public speaking. And so I had to learn to speak to people, which was phenomenal. Did you do that course? Did they bring in uh, that Gary? Guy? Yeah. Gary,
0: Gary. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Gary's the man, dude. Yeah. A lot of people have, uh, have gone through, I didn't get to get through any of his training. So I'm just baptism by fire, but people speak so highly of it.
1: Oh yeah, it's it was it was phenomenal. And so you guys know any SEAL instructor nowadays has to go through a public speaking course before they can ever get up in front of SEALs and teach, which that's I good. think is phenomenal. Yeah. Um and uh and so from there I went to my final stint in the Navy was at VBSS trade at group one and so I was teaching guys how to take down ships. I became like the LPO of VBSS and weirdly enough, that's what actually did the probably the most preparation for me to run a business because really? you know managing it be,
0: people managing so many schedules. people
1: and yeah so many people so many schedule you know so many things that i couldn't control so many variables and it was just like um i was so grateful to get that job because it really made me step up my game to okay. you know stay tight make sure that you know all my x's were you know were crossed and you know everything was good to go and then also contingency plan hey what happens if this plane doesn't show up that's yeah. supposed to drop these guys you know in the right spot. What happens if this boat engine goes down? What are we? How are we going to flex? How are we going to? How are we going to roll to the next you know opportunity? So, um, that was really beneficial to me. And then while I was at that command, I started bottle breacher. Okay.
0: So, where is your? Where do you first? See a bottle breeze. Where did you first see a fifty cal round? It was meant to open a beer. Because uh, I know where I, where I saw my first first one. Yeah. Uh, where did you get the idea, or where did you get the where did you see your first one? Then did it percolate on it for a little bit, and and show up again later is something that yes. you think people might be interested in? Or how did that work out?
1: Right. So my little brother, uh, one of my heroes. He a uh, really smart kid. Went to the Naval Academy, then went to the Marine Corps. Ended up flying. Cobras and then onto Super Cobras, and now he's a lawyer in uh, New Orleans. But um, he went to the PI, the Philippines. Uh, I think it was in 2009, yeah. and he saw one at a, a street vendor had one. He was selling them, and so Gabe brought me back a 50 cal bottle opener. I thought it was one of the coolest gifts I'd ever received. And, I yeah yeah, and so and all my buddies that would come over to have beers with me, I'd pop that my out dude. of the junk drawer. I'd yeah. open their beer, and they'd be like, "What the hell is that? Where did you get that?" And I was yep. like. I don't know. But I, well, I got it in the Philippines and they're like, can I buy one? And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen them in the States. And so it was actually maybe a year, year and a half later, uh, after receiving that gift that I decided, Hey, this is really cool. There might be something here. I think we can make this way better than it already is. And yeah. so I started, I came home, I was actually driving home from LA. I just had one of those epiphany moments. Yeah, I get a lot of them while I'm driving oddly, yeah. oddly enough. And uh, I was like, I came home, you know, said hi to my wife, you know, and, uh, And then I went out to the garage and uh, I uh, took the generic 50 cal bottle opener that my brother gave me from the Philippines. I spray painted the thing black and then let it dry. And then I took a Punisher sticker because that was our platoon logo at SEAL Team 3 Delta Platoon. And I put the Punisher sticker on the 50 cal bottle opener. When I took it to work the next day with me, guys freaked out. They were like, dude, this is the most badass thing I've ever seen. I want five of them for every guy in my family for Christmas. Can you handle that? And I was like, dude, if these guys were the in my opinion, the coolest dudes in the world who get stuff handed to them constantly, you know, whether it's your shoes, your jacket, whatever. You want Navy SEALs wearing your stuff, right? And owning your stuff. And so I was like, if these guys are willing to buy them off me, there might be something here. And so that's when the light bulb, entrepreneur light bulb clicked on. And so I started, like, I thought, you know what? This is a cool product. If I can figure out how to market it to maybe a farmer or a hunter or a fireman or a cop, you know, and so I started going to work on, you know, you know, really taking them visually to the next level and trying to trying to put something on it that would pull you in to be like, yeah, that's not only cool, but it, you know, it represents what I do and what I'm passionate about. So, you know, we started with stickers okay, of all things. And, and, and that's, for those of you out there listening, I mean, you know, it's like some, you know, crawl, rock, walk, run, right? We heard that in the SEAL teams all the time. A lot of times in new product development or in a business, even if it's a service or product driven, a lot of times you just crawl before you walk, before you run, and you don't need you don't need 000, 000 a million dollars and a staff of twenty people to start something that's going to turn into something. Sometimes, like me, it's with a Dremel tool, you know, a nice. vice in your garage, a yeah. fifty cal, and you know maybe some spray paint. And so that's kind of how we started it. And it was funny because my initial goal when we were starting this was five hundred dollars supplemental income hey. for a date night or maybe my next six hours. That's right? right.
0: That's right. And
1: so. First month, January 2013, we did 375 I was like, dude, we're almost there. Almost there. we almost made goal. it. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so six months later, we had eclipsed what I ever thought this thing had become, and we were doing like $7,500 a month. Nice. Um, and right at that moment, Jen and I were watching Shark Tank. Yeah. That was the, we, we had two small kids. I was a SEAL instructor. Jen had an online business. We would let ourselves watch one show just to kind of decompress because yeah. we didn't have a, have a lot of free time. Shark Tank was the show that we would watch. And so I remember watching an episode of Shark Tank, and Mr. Wonderful was tearing apart an entrepreneur because yeah. he had no brand recognition on his pack on his uh, on his product. Okay. He had it on the package, but once it left the package, you or uh, I, the consumer, could no longer look at it and be like, What is you know this? What is. is this a bottle breacher? Is right. this a Sig Sour? Is this Nike? What is right. it? And so I remember him tearing that entrepreneur up The guy didn't get a deal, even though he had really good sales. And I looked at Jen and I was like, babe, we got to figure out how to get six or I'm sorry, bottle breacher on every single unit leaving the garage. Yeah. And so I started doing research, led me to laser engraving. And, you know, I went and this is another, this is another kind of big life decision that I, that I made. Um, I, I had enough uh, I had enough in savings where I could have gone and bought a used engraver. Yep. But I didn't want to risk my family's nest egg on an um, unknown, something yep. that I hadn't tested. I didn't know if I could even operate it because right. I'm a caveman, right? I get it. <laughs> and so um, what I did was I, uh, I sold my chopper I had a 2004 Big Dog K9 Chopper, just some badass bike. Something awesome. I could see Jack Carr, maybe rock, cruising around in,
0: in your next book. So did you use a re bonus for that like, uh, I like I did? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I had the Fat Boy. Right. 2003 Fat Boy, I think it was. There yeah. you go.
1: So what I did was I sold the bike and I bought the Laser Graver. So nice. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad would say I, I uh, sold a liability and I bought an asset. And that's a great little nugget for those of you entrepreneurial-minded listening to Jack Carr's podcast. And so within- 6 depreciating asset too. Right, right. Within a month and a half, our sales went from $7,500 a month to $24,000 a month. So awesome. Within a month and a half. And it was just like, boom, it just blew up. And at that point, I knew that this was not only going to be- Um, just, you know, supplemental income or, you know, exceed my expectation. But this was going to be how I was going to provide for my family when I got out of the Navy. And so fast forward a year later, we were doing $80,000 a month out of that one car garage. And that, you know, it was just like every, all my friends were trying to get in on it. Hey man, I want to, I want to be an investor. I want, and I knew that I was at the cusp of something magical, but like, I was working the craziest hours, man. You know, I had the Navy job as an instructor. I had two little kids under like, you know, five years old. And then I had, you know, I would work until one, two, three in the morning doing production. And then I would go and repeat the cycle. There were no days off, you know, um, no vacations. And it was just like, intense focus, you know, for a, you know, a period of time to get this thing up and running. And, um, that's right about the time that, um, I went and applied for shark tank.
0: You just got online and, and looked or they so had the, the first time I thing? did,
1: the first time I did it, uh, the first time I applied was via online okay. and I didn't hear anything back. I sent in a cool email yeah. and then I, one of my mentors was talking to me and I said, Mike, I know that if I got this damn product on shark tank, we would crush it and he was like well he started he got on his computer started you know looking stuff up he's like eli you know that there's an i lived in san diego at the time he was in la he said do you know that there's an open casting call a few minutes from your house two months from now for shark tank and i was like no way he's like you got to be at that so sure enough you know i showed up at like you know 12 at you know 12 midnight with a box full of bottle breachers ready to pitch first 500 people got guaranteed to pitch to a casting member. Wow. And so uh um, really? I was one of the cast members. Yes. I no was way. number like, I don't know, one twenty five or something. And so but Who'd you have? Uh Mindy. Okay. You know Mindy? Uh which one is which one's Mindy? Uh she's a pretty blonde lady and she's just really sweet. What's but, her business?
0: What's her what's her background?
1: Oh, she's a cast she was just a... she was a casting so I'm not talking about Lori Grenier. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. I'm talking about the Shark Tank casting members. Oh, okay. Got it. So they they just they're the ones that actually hear the pitches and then, you know, see who goes on the show. Cause God, they get 40,000 okay. pitches a year. So you got, there's a wow. vetting process, right? 40,000. And so, um, and it was funny cause they told us, Hey man, uh, only about 7% of the people you see on TV come from these open casting, you know, um, uh, you know, things. So
0: where are the rest coming from? Uh,
1: a lot of them come from online. I think okay. if they, you know, get through the cracks, um, and so I wasn't expecting too much, but I finally got to speak to an open casting, uh, a open casting call member, and uh, they said, hey, if, if you hear from us, it won't be for two weeks, so don't call us, we'll call you, type of okay. And that was on a Saturday afternoon. I pitched to her. I had a, a picture of Clint Eastwood with his bottle breacher because he had worked on the movie uh, American Sniper and Kevin Lace. who You gave the, one of as a gift? So Kevin played himself in the movie. Yeah. He was also a consultant. And Kevin asked me if I would make bottle breachers for the whole cast. Dude. And I was like, oh, hell yes, I would. Awesome. I'd be honored. And so got to do that, and Kevin did me a solid. He took a picture of him and Clint with the bottle breacher. So I took that to the open casting call. I was like, hey, look at Clint's face. Does Clint look happy? That's yeah, he's that. Awesome. and she's like, Oh my god, he does look happy. Dude. And I said, Well, on top of that, here 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 are these products and you've seen them. They're just they're beautiful, right? Awesome. But I said, On top of that, what would you what would you say if I told you we've sold eighty thousand dollars of this product this month out of a one car garage about 10 miles from here? And she's like, No way. And I so I pulled up my Etsy app and I showed her the sales and I showed her how many units we'd sold, you know, what the profit was, all of it. And I'm like, you know, that based with this with the story, the the backstory. Yeah. And, you know, it's like they they I had an email in my inbox like 730 Monday morning. Hey, you're moving on to the next round. And then it just kept going from there. Then they assigned producers to you nah. and so on and so forth. And four months later, right as I'm getting out, I was still on. I was still on. Um, I was still on what that terminal leave. leave. Yeah. yeah uh, terminal terminal list terminal yeah, leave. I was still on terminal leave while I was pitching to the Sharks. Of course, I didn't tell the Navy right you know, don't tell anybody now
0: seriously but Shh.
1: but yeah because they would they would have never probably exactly. let me go on on the show and so uh, i had a month left on my contract i was I, so i wasn't working terminal leave means you've saved up enough leave to where you're no longer working for you're the navy your but you're still getting a paycheck basically yeah. seven pay almost right and, and so and so um i got the opportunity to pitch on shark tank it went really well we got a deal with mark cuban and kevin o'leary so this he, is where
0: i this is where where i i think become aware of you i think right right uh, and what year is this this would be 2014. October. 2014. Okay. Yeah. And no, uh, good, no, sorry. I forget. So I forget if I saw it. Uh, a bottle breacher first in that store. Wait, we come on base there in T3? Yes. And We had it in, in there. Or yeah. if it was the Shark Tank first and then I saw it in the store. I forget, but right around that same time, I saw them in the store and on, on Shark Tank. Somebody called me and said, hey, there's a seal that's going to be on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, there's a military thing. I'm like, oh, really? What's he doing? And uh they do 50 cal bottle things. And I'm like, dang it, because I had one right there in my kitchen right. from the PI. Exactly. And it was uh, one of, I got it from one of the SF guys I was working with. He gave yeah. it to me as a gift yeah. um, and had one of the, uh, the Philippines marine seals that we were working with make it yeah. and then he got it and he gave it to me and uh still have it to this day it's in my in my junk drawer it doesn't That's work nearly school. as well as yours you know it's just, <laughs> probably uh, works it's, better it's but sweet no, no no yours worked yours worked great this thing you gotta kind of move it around a little bit you know right, right it's handmade in the jungle right um but uh no yours works awesome but uh so i had that someone tells me your seal is gonna be on shark tank and i love shark tank probably because uh i'm not good at that sort of thing like i would be awful on Shark Tank, like I, not my, not my thing. Really? Yeah, not, not, that not kind of surprises me. Not good at all. I like more. Uh, I love, I love the writing stuff, thinking about it behind the scenes, that sort of thing. Right, but right. as soon as you start throwing some math questions at me, right, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, you I don't know, black out yeah, like exactly. Will Ferrell, yeah, exactly, old school. except not be able to uh, right. actually articulate what he did on the stage. <laughs> right, <not> right. <laughs> uh, it would just be, <laughs> be awful. But uh, I saw you do that. I was like, Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, one, you crushed it. Yeah, on thank there, you. it was so cool. Jen did so awesome. I like, know. She she was great, and uh, you guys were a great team. They loved you, and then you get the, the deal. And Was it two of them, or was it just yeah, one? Yeah, so
1: Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary both okay. invested. They both still own 10% of the company to this
0: day. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. That is so amazing. And then uh, and it's and funny. it was
1: funny, Jack, because you, you'll appreciate this. I went in there. We'd learned in the SEAL teams that one is none, two is one, and redundancy is everything. So I wanted two sharks, not just one, but two. That's and awesome. so we were targeting Mark Cuban and anybody that we thought would be interested in add value. And I never thought Kevin O'Leary would be interested in it. I thought, you know, he was going to tear us up like you see him do to everybody. Yeah. Say this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I want to take it behind the barn and he shoot loved it. it. He loved yeah. it. Not only did he love it, he made the first offer, and that was the only thing that you know. Admittedly, I didn't contingency plan for was Kevin
0: making an offer, and so he was up at, there. And I remember you're like, uh Does uh, anybody else? I'd like to give somebody else an opportunity or what something like what that. What just right? happened, right? Yeah, yeah it, you're okay. like, "I'd like to give any other sharks <laughs> an opportunity," and some of them like laugh. They're like, "What?" Like, I'm right, like right. "Who's this guy right. giving us another opportunity with him after That's he's got a deal already?" Right. So that was that was awesome. It was a little different than. Anybody else did? That's on the right. Show. Sometimes
1: you got to push it a little bit, you know. See what see what you can get it. See what you can get out of it. Yeah. You know? And so, but it was a phenomenal experience. Then we've got to do a couple updates, which is always awesome. And uh, we've actually, as of last year, uh, I saw the stats last year. They there was an article on like CBS or something com it said we were the 16th best-selling shark tank company of all time and no kidding we've done over 20 million in sales and wow. you know it's just it's a blessing to me because um i never in, in my wildest dream i never really would have thought that it would go that way but you know how you always you're always goal setting i remember telling my wife when we were still in the garage before shark tank before anything i was like you know, that would be my top, like, that was my top goal to build, like, a $20 million comp, you know, in sales, yeah. a product that sold that much. Well, and at I, first
0: it was $500.
1: Right. And yeah. then top level, because you know how you have, like, the low level, you have the the medi- medium level, and then, hey, if this thing just went gangbusters, 20 million, if we hit $20 million, man, I'll be... I will consider this a phenomenal success, and so we've hit it. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, you know, just because we've been successful, or you get on the show, does not mean you're going to be continue to be successful. Uh-huh. We've actually, we've actually seen a decline because a lot of these companies in here saw. Saw how you know how successful it was, and then they came in and started flooding the market with knockoffs, and you know. But really? that's just—it's part of the game, and you got yeah. you got to play it. And you know, if you can't come out, if you can't innovate and come out with the next thing, you're not going to be around long. And so, yeah. you know, it's 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 like a lot of things, but it's been challenging. And not only have I got to provide for my family, but I've also got to look back and help other veterans that are coming behind me that want want to do something different, yeah, and want to want to work for themselves, and ch- also. You know, really push the envelope and be challenged, and just give them the little that I know. And it's it's been so cool for me, and it's also turned into being able to work with Sig Sauer and just so many awesome things.
0: Yeah, no, I see you get you get out there and you do you speak and you do all the and talk about your journey right. and, uh, and all that sort of thing, which is awesome. Get right. out there and do that; you do a great job at it. And then, how did the Sig partnership work out? Uh, obviously, we carried Sig's in the teams, and right. that's why I made it into my novels. And I'm very uh, partial to Sig because a two-two-six was on on my side through every single deployment. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I always have a soft spot in my heart for, for that pistol. Yeah. But, uh, how did this partnership uh, evolve for you? No, it's a great question. And I should probably say that we're in the SIG Sauer booth at SHOT Show 2020. No right big now. deal. Yep. No big deal. So awesome. And everybody here, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but we're an amazing company with such great people.
1: That's involved. the best part about it. And I mean, You know this could they could have the coolest weapons in the world they could have they could have the best sales in the world but you know what really makes this company what it is is the people Mm -hmm. and i was talking to i just got to interviewed daniel horner max michelle and lena you know of team sig the best shooters in the world that are all here at at, at sig sour and i i told max the other day i I said i was so surprised after meeting the three of you that not one of you was arrogant so humble. you guys are so humble and and i'm like man that really surprised me and you you know Max, max told me he said you know what i don't think ron cohen or tom taylor would have ever let that happen yeah a- and because for them it's so it's not it's not always a, it's not all about wins man it's about humbleness professionalism and just you know treating people the way you want to be treated and when you get a hangout in the you know ecosystem you start to see that really really quickly because you know you start you start treating people with disrespect you're not going to be around this company long and that's something i love about this oh company.
0: yeah i know and it's evident right off the bat first from the outside looking in you're seeing who, who's innovating in this space and who's right. leading in this right. space well you know what? this company is oh, doing it Hands uh, and then you go to the factory floor and you see that person on the factory floor and then you see the people in the middle and then you see the top you see Ron at the top and everybody in between and everybody's humble everybody is fired up and you can feel it as you're walking that around factory that factory floor building, looks more cool like a medical facility it's doesn't crazy. it it's crazy it is insane you I go back to bottle
1: uh-huh. Breacher. and I'm like man, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we got some real work to do <laughs> it's pretty serious on that that floor, but everybody's fired up everybody's yeah. so happy to be there and be part of this team to be innovating to be leading and uh yeah we've both gotten to shoot on the range with these guys and shoot with the best in the world out there right. and they're so cool they are they're so cool and uh you know i needed to tune up i haven't been on the range that i've been riding a ton yeah uh, not really in the gym not really on the on the gun that much like i like i was previously but uh getting on the range and getting a tune up from the best in the world is amazing but you're right so humble so let me talk let me
1: talk if you don't mind let me let me hijack for a second because uh so i got i haven't read fiction in probably 20 years i just turned 40 this year so yeah that's about now maybe even (laughs) longer than that maybe 25 years you get so old you forget i know (laughs) but so i i hadn't read uh fiction since the tom clancy days and that was like the only like my parents you know i was one of those kids that struggled in school not because i was stupid but because i didn't really care. Yeah. You know, I I struggled to figure how this would apply to me, but like the only books I would read were like Clancy books, right? Cool. And so that's, you know, I I really really fell in love with your books because they reminded me of Clancy. And like I I really feel like you're going to be the next Tom Clancy. Only a lot slimmer with, with (laughs) real, with real experience. And so, uh, for those, I mean, for those of you guys out there that haven't read these, and I'm sure most of your folks have, but oh my goodness, man, I'm, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the next one.
0: Dude, Dude, I'm fired up to get the next one out there. It's one I've wanted to write since sixth grade, when I first read Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell, which was written in 1924. It's a short story that uh, is really about Hunter versus Hunted. And uh, this third one, uh, I was on the table when I came up with these five or six different ideas for the first novel. And this was one of those ideas, but I knew that the characters weren't developed enough to uh, to kick it off with this one. So Savage Son, book number three, it pays tribute to that really, that classic tale of Hunter versus Hunted and really explores the dark side of man through the eyes of the characters that have been developed in the first two novels. So I'm fired up to get it out there. And then, uh, yeah, working on four and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of top secret, but, uh, but I'll <laughs> movie anyway. stuff is, uh, is looking good, but, uh, you know, you gotta keep your, expectations low on that stuff, so if it doesn't happen, it's uh, right. it's okay. Right. Um, but it's looking looking pretty good so far, and it's cool to be part of that process.
1: And we learned a lot about expectation management in the teams, didn't we? Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, Murphy's Law, every time you go out the door, it's never going to be in the, the – the target's never going to be in the house you thought it was going to be. Comms aren't going to work. Some One, one car is going to have a blowout. You know, something's always going to go wrong, and I think that's one of the things I'm most grateful for from my experience in the teams is just – figuring out how to problem solve and read and react off of what is in front of me sure. not what the plan was
0: right planning Adapt. is great
1: and it, you, you you need a plan but you need a contingency plan more
0: yep. you know and so um yeah if you need that with a business you need that in life you need that as you transition from the military and right. uh, i know you get a lot of questions about that from uh, veterans or guys that are getting ready to get out and and uh, want to pick your brain a little bit on that or ask for some advice but uh You know, for me, it's yeah. You have to have those contingency plans, but uh, you know, if you also got to identify that next mission in life, that next purpose, that next passion, and uh, and not live back here in the past. Uh, All that stuff can help you as you go forward. Makes you hopefully makes you a better husband, better father, better citizen as you move forward. But uh, it's important not to live back there. Yeah. Uh, use that's your foundation as you continue to build, as you continue to move forward, as you continue to fall and get back up stronger and right. move forward as a good example for your kids and everybody else. So,
1: you know, I find that's one of the biggest problems with a lot of the vets that I meet is that their identity is from the past and they don't want to let go of it. Right. Like I was I'm a Navy SEAL. That's but you're no longer a Navy SEAL. Exactly. So what's the, what's next? You're yep. no longer you're. And I know Marines love to say once a Marine, always a Marine, but it's like, you've got to move past what you did, you know, in the, in the infantry, you've got to turn the page. Yes. Please do it. Apply what you learned there. Be proud of it. Cause damn it, you deserve it. But at the same time, you know, it's like, I, I always tell people, I never, I never want to place my identity in something that can be taken from me. And that's why my faith is so important to me. Cause yeah. that's something that nobody, no, no matter how bad I ever screw it up and I'm, by God I'm good at screwing up a lot of things. You know, it's like that's something that, you know, my faith in my relationship in Christ is something that can never be taken from me. You know, and I just I I know it's not cool or popular to talk about it, but I do wanna talk about it because I know there's a lot of people out there hurting and struggling yeah. and I know that a lot of them are looking in the wrong place. Yeah. They're looking for they're, they're they're looking for it in what the world tells them mm-hmm. the, where they can find it and that's in money and fame and success and I know that you know this better than anybody cuz you got it all and you you deserve every damn bit of it but you know deep down that it doesn't fulfill you. You know, and so um it, it it's something that I lo- really like to just have courage with and incorporate because I know there's a lot of people out there hurting and uh I, I encourage you to look in a different area.
0: I hear you. And, it's, uh, and today there's so many, uh, like, let's say, let's take it back 30, 40 years. There weren't all those inputs. Yeah, you know, okay, there's TV, there's newspapers, there's magazines. Uh, but then this thing comes along called the internet. And then yeah. something comes along called social media. Yeah. And then you're buried in your phone, inundated yeah. 24-7 with right. all these different inputs that might not be the most healthy ones. Right. Uh, and then you're making decisions based on somebody else's 220-word tweet that they probably got from Somebody else right. uh, that that person did not put the requisite time into right. studying, uh, in to their history, thinking it through, and uh, so that's it, it's an interesting time, uh, for sure. So, taking a breath, being grounded in faith, and uh, having that foundation from which to move forward, right. Uh, and something that that will uh, give you the courage to get back up when you get knocked down because you're gonna get knocked down, yeah. don't expect not to, right? Don't right. expect not to take that hit, right? right. You're not gonna get hit, yeah. Um, that's why with my kids, I think it's great, you know fail and get back <laughs> up because don't be scared of it it's oh, all right, right. it's you know? so
1: funny you said that because my my oldest daughter like she's uh she's going into middle school now which was a very tough period of my life uh, but she'll come home and it's funny because like you know if she comes to me and said dad you know i'm struggling with this i had a and I, i'll you know i try and put on the love gloves but at the same time i'll be like good you know and and, and i i try and break it down for her lovingly and be like babe I'm glad you're struggling now because you'll never be ready for the real world if you don't learn how to fight through it. You don't learn how to, you know, you know, you don't learn how to get back up tomorrow and try and make it a better day. And I think so much of the time, you know, it's like, as I think as human beings, we often, we want the easy path. We don't want to struggle, you know, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as the next guy, but you know, um, I think there's so much to be said for those people that aren't afraid of failure. They're not afraid of struggle and they actually understand and appreciate what comes on the backside of struggle and adversity. And that's, you know, according to James one, two, that's mature, complete and lacking in nothing. So, um, yeah, man, I look back on a lot of the failure that I've had, not only failing out of buds the first time, the first investor I sat down with a bottle breacher, you know, he passed on, you know, and I thought, Oh my God, you know, and, um, you know, so I, I failed out of sniper school the first time. I was fired from Baskin Robbins and Dairy Queen in the same year. Wow! Wow! Can you top that? No. Okay. Yeah. Most people can't. You know, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at failing stuff. So, but at the end of the day, I look at you know I look at how I look at those failures for the blessing that they are, and they right. woke me up and they made me realize that hey, man you're not just going to coast through a You're not just going to be able to do whatever you want. If you want to get where you want to go, you're oh, yeah. going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to put others before yourself uh, and you're going to have to put in the work, put the blood, the work. sweat and tears, you know? And so, um, I see it as just a, a blessing. And I think that, I think if more of us did a better job teaching that to our kids, how yeah. important that adversity and struggle really is and persevering through that, I think we'd have a much better society.
0: No, Absolutely and knowing that it's going to be part of your journey don't right. expect it not to happen right. don't expect to go through unscathed right you know you're going to get those scars and you're going to get knocked down you're going to get hit and it's all about right. you know, your character is all about how you get back up and move forward right and as a good example to your, to your kids and everybody else they can see that like look at this guy he got knocked down look what he got back up and he kept moving forward and now yeah. look like you're going to get knocked down don't expect not to don't let it be a surprise right Right. you get knocked down so that's my whole thing with the kids and for today and don't let these kids get to be 25 26 27 and then that's the first time they get knocked down right that's
1: yeah awful. Le- let them yeah let them let them let them walk through it a little bit uh-huh. don't don't do their homework okay. for them you know gotta like, scrape some knees got to scrape some elbows don't do the science project for them you know let them let them struggle let yep. you know let them encourage encourage it and then when they come back and they're disappointed and they're frustrated it's like you know walk them through why this is such an important part of it and and why that you know why that in, in James 1, 2, my, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, mm-hmm. for it's a testing of your faith that breeds perseverance. Let perseverance continue so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So it wow. actually says in that scripture, consider it pure joy. Love I'm not it. there yet. I'm not, <laughs> not like, I'm not, oh, it's so joyful no. that I'm falling <laughs> on my face and I'm, I'm you know I'm failing, but I have gotten to the point in my life where I, I can at least see it in the moment for what it is and be like, you know what? This is probably going to build a better Eli, This is probably going to make me a better man, better husband, maybe a better business owner, whatever it is. And and, and just, you know, appreciate it. Because honestly, Jack, when I I, I walk around and I know you do too, you run into so many of your friends and just people maybe you look up to or industry experts out here. And I guarantee you the most successful ones out here have walked through the most stuff. Yeah. It's always the same case, man. You know, you never meet somebody at the top of the ladder that just, you know, had this hunky dory life all the yeah. time. You know, it's just, and I know we like to front and act like that. That's how it is. Oh, how's it going, Jack? Oh, great. it's awesome. great, man. It's going yep. fancy, but it's, you know, it's not how it works. And, and, you know, if you, if you want to get where you're going, you know, uh, Consider pure joy
0: when you yeah. face trials of many kinds. And you know why it's going great? Because we're looking forward, right? Uh, we're not looking back. Or yeah, we're using that. We're adapting, right? And we're using that. Uh, those lessons learned to do it better going forward, and, right? And uh, you know, That's what it's all about. So that's uh, it's about getting back up and continuing on that path. and Hell yeah! Never, never stand down. You know, I love that that line. I feel like I was a child of the '80s, so I kind of feel like I was uh, almost raised by uh, like Chuck Norris and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, and Ronald Schwarzenegger. Right. But uh, you know, in that latest in one of the latest uh, Rockies. You know, he tells his son, he's like, hey, life's not about how hard you can hit. It's about hard hard you can get hit mm. and keep moving it is forward. Though.
1: It is, though, isn't it?
0: that's about That's all it is, about. Man. And, and I wanted to thank you also uh, for being so awesome with uh, the bottle breacher stuff we did together Yeah. Uh, I know it's a small run of stuff for for you but to take so much care uh, energy effort time to make those things perfect and what we did is we uh, we did a, uh, a Jack Carr line of uh, bottle breachers yeah. and put them on the site and all the profits went to uh, veteran five different veteran focused foundations um, that had personal meaning to me and my family so um, that That was awesome. Those things just, they sold right out. Everybody loves them. And, uh, just so cool. And I sincerely appreciate all the time you took to make those just perfect and uh, we'll do it. It was an,
1: it was an honor, man. Every time we get an opportunity to make like a, you know, special edition, you know, it's just really cool to me that people would actually consider our product in the running for something like that. Like Bill Belichick ordered some for his Super Bowl team in 2014. He gave one to, you know, everybody that he felt like it was a part of the journey, you know, and it's just so cool. Every time we get to do something like that, man, it just, you know, means the world to me. Plus I, feel like i got to meet old jack Carr before you you became too big to even talk to <laughs> Stop so, it. yeah i mean it's i think once it. these movies hit dudes can be like hey we're... oh yeah jack's down there at the
0: limo dude <laughs> You're like, jack jack yeah, hey what's up buddy? i feel like i've been the same since i was born you know yeah. like i feel like
1: <laughs> well the coolest guys in the world have i mean they're just like you know it's like you know same today yesterday and tomorrow it's just like hey you know if you let this stuff go to your head you're 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 actually headed in the wrong direction, and you're 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 bound for a fall, man. I think you so. Know? And it's like, and that's that's one, another reason I love working with Sig because humility is like it's, it, you know, it's it's a prerequisite here, yeah. you know. And if if the moment you get, you know, start getting too big for your britches, you know, you know, uh, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. In no. life, at Sig you know, across the board with these books and you know, I, I know I'm I know I'm not gonna see that. I know I'm gonna see another great book though that I'm gonna read in like a week and a half, which Appreciate is it, fast brother. for me. Appreciate you know? it. Yeah.
0: And if we know what we need to do. We need to get on the range together. Uh, we we missed each other by when I mean, we saw each other, but we didn't get to get on the range together at Sig this last year. So uh, we got to make it happen at some point in the next uh, next year. Or yeah, two we, for sure. we
1: uh, got to do uh, Camp Legion that's together. Right. That was awesome. That was, right,
0: that's right. I came in uh, just be- a couple days before it actually kicked off, and yep. uh, spent some time on the range with these guys, which was incredible. Uh, shooting with the best in the world. It's uh, it's humbling yeah. and it's just such a blast and amazing. And then uh, then they kicked off Camp Legion, which was an incredible experience for people right like where else who else is doing something like that nobody yeah it's incredible not, not even surprised though yeah and, and and they crushed it i mean yeah. they filled that thing up and and uh gave people an amazing experience sig was all in from oh yeah top down the, from it the just, catering it was the food to
1: ron cohen the ceo spending you know 30 minutes a yeah. group just answering questions talking about the vision for the company you getting to tour the factory go to SIG Academy for a couple of days and shoot with some of the best shooters in the world. Even Team SIG, the best shooters in the world, were out there instructing yeah. on the line. So if all your listeners, if you guys get a chance to go to, a, you know, a uh, uh, yeah. one of these events, oh my goodness, Camp Legion, please, you know, take take a shot you know yeah. they sell out quick I know the last one sold out in like 24 hours so yeah, it was crazy. you got to snatch it up fast and everybody
0: but... was so great like we went to that dinner and everybody was there yep. and you know Ron introduced it Matta was there it was my uh, command master chief at SEAL Team 2 the best master chief I had while I was in the SEAL teams guys um, awesome yeah and, and such an inspiration to me uh, <laughs> I, and... I was
1: telling him I was telling him because I got to interview Tom and him a few minutes ago and I was uh, every time I'm around the master chief I'm like oh man That's is right. my shirt okay I know. my, hey, my, line. Side, my yeah. sideburns are a little bit is this guy going to yell at burns, me yeah. No, he was like, always
0: looking at my sideburns. Right. I always, I like to push the <laughs> limits on that sort of thing. You know, yeah. I was always letting the hair grow a little long, sideburns, just like to make them look. That's right. I always wanted to make them like look like, uh, just yeah. to that level where they couldn't say anything. Like right. that was kind of my. But it's a little victories, like in serious school, you gotta have those little victories. <laughs> that's you know. right. Maybe a little juvenile. But you know, that's uh that's how it goes, especially right. when I was uh part of the E five mafia. And I guess it didn't really change, I did it as an officer as well. But uh right. but yeah, let's get on the let's get on the, the range together and, okay. uh, and and knock some targets down. Love and, to, man. And use some of this new stuff. And I know you were talking about the uh the new bolt action that they have out. Oh, I cannot cross. wait to check that out. Yes I'm um, gonna have to get my hands on that, I think. Um, and maybe incorporate it into a book. We'll see, but uh, that thing looks awesome.
1: That'd be sick, man. Jack car cruising around, six point five pounds fits in your
0: backpack.
1: Nice. New round like the two seven seven fury. It's like the civilian version of the six eight. So okay. you got the six platform that yeah. butt stock folds. You can easily fit it in your pack, and then like you have a round that's you know better than any of the three zero eight stuff. You know, I prop. You know, I think. I mean, just. Phenomenal ballistics on this thing, and it, yeah. I think it's going to not only do well in the military, but I think it's going to do well for hunters and nice. guys that just like to go out and shoot steel at five, six, seven, yeah. eight hundred yards. So, going to be a phenomenal gun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna go take a look at it when the, when the crowds thin out down there I know a little it. bit. And then, uh, so where can everybody, uh, find you? Cause I know you got you're going to interview. Who are you going to interview next? So I'm, I the got books? the
1: CEO of SIG coming up here in, uh, 15 minutes. Who's Ron, an amazing guy. Ron Cohen, the who, CEO. Who I hope
0: writes a book one day about his life journey and right. uh, whatever he wants to do like that. I would follow that guy anywhere. I know it. Amazing I mean, guy. Just, just phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: people can follow me, uh, Eli Crane, CEO yeah. on, on Instagram. They can follow me, Eli Crane on Facebook. Uh, if they want to follow the company, they can follow Bottle Breacher. But and I also do some. Uh, I also do some commentary for some uh, political thought leaders as well. So
0: awesome, yeah. awesome, and easy to put in the uh, the search bar. Bottle Breacher, you pop right up. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you, everybody needs more than one. That's, That's right, right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> two, two is one at the very least. That's right. And if you have more than one room, room in the house that has beers in it, you may need <laughs> you need a few. That's right, but, uh, dude. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. Yeah. I sincerely appreciate it, and it's uh it was exactly what we said in the beginning. We got to sit down and that's talk. Right. And uh, right. I got to ask you questions that uh, we'd never ask each other if we were just in passing or even that's over true. a beer. So, that's true, man. Uh, so that's thank you, sweet. brother. I appreciate hey, it. Take care. Keep crushing it. And uh, sincerely, thank you for uh, for all your support. It means, uh, means a ton to me. Thank you, man. So take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Six Hour. Find out more about Eli Crane at Eli4Arizona.com. Follow him on Instagram at Eli Crane. That's C-R-A-N-E underscore C-E-O. Follow Bottle Breacher on Instagram as well. You can find me, officialjackcar.com. You can link to the merch there, Jack Car USA, to include the Bottle Breacher merchandise as well. My latest novel, In the Blood, comes out May of 2022 and is available for pre-order now. So if you haven't done so, Reorder. It helps so much and I sincerely appreciate it. Until the next time, take care, stay safe, be strong, keep fighting.